Some of you might remember this incident back on January 17, 1994. There was a huge earthquake in the Los Angeles area. I remember clearly some Japanese experts came on television after that earthquake, a day after, two days after, and they were talking, and they were saying this type of earthquake could never happen in Japan because the Japanese buildings are built to withstand tremors and earthquakes. And also the people in Japan are more trained to know what to do, how to react in times like this. Fast forward exactly 12 months, almost to the day. Kobe, Japan, was hit with a severe earthquake. (laughs) Hundreds of buildings turned into rubbles, and thousands of lives were lost. Now, there are a whole lot of spiritual lessons here that I can get into, but I'm going to fight the temptation of digressing and staying with my subject. The one spiritual lesson that all of us can learn from these earthquakes is this. Any building, any building, is only as good as its foundation. I want to repeat this. Any building is as good as its foundation. No matter how beautiful the building may be, no matter how attractive the building may be, no matter how impressive the building may look, no matter how imposing the building may be, without the solid, unshakable, and unshifting foundation of the building is not only useless, it is dangerous. And beloved, in the spiritual realm, it works the same way. In the eternal realm, in the permanent realm, the realm of the unseen, it works exactly the same way. Anyone who thinks that they can make it to heaven based on any other foundation other than the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross is not only making a foolish mistake, but will be like the beautiful buildings that foundation built on cardboard. All of these famous celebrities and and the charity balls and the famous movie stars who think that they're doing their bit in order to earn their way to heaven will one day be as horrified as the Japanese people with the earthquake in Kobe, Japan. All of the good works without Christ will be rendered useless. Why? Because the only foundation that will withstand the test of judgment is that of Jesus Christ and His redeeming love. Let me illustrate to you another incident. This time it took place again in Los Angeles, but it was in 1985. There was a very large suitcase at Los Angeles International Airport, and it went unclaimed. So finally the customs officers decided to open the suitcase, and to their utter horror, they found a young Iranian woman inside that suitcase, dead. She thought she could smuggle herself in to the United States. She thought that she can short-circuit the system. While I deeply sympathize at the efforts of 
so many people who are trying to smuggle themselves into other countries and trying to escape, and thousands of people are dying in the Mediterranean literally every month, trying to ignore the legitimate way of entering into another country. So many of these millions of people, they think they can sneak into these countries illegally when there is a legitimate legal way by which they can get into these countries. Now, I want you to move from the physical realm into the spiritual realm. Like this dear woman, there are millions of people around the world who think that they can smuggle themselves into heaven, whether it is through religious rituals and whether it is through charity work or whether through all sorts of political ideology whether it is through some sort of foolish plan, thinking they can smuggle themselves into heaven. And yet the Word of God tells us, as Paul tells the Corinthians, here in Corinth and in every other city he traveled to, planted a church in, he has laid only one foundation, and that's Jesus Christ. Only faith in Jesus Christ as the one and only Savior is the only foundation that is worthy of the name. It is the only foundation on which your life can be built and my life can be built that can be assured of heaven. Turn with me if you haven't already. First Corinthians chapter 3. He said in verse 10, by the grace of God, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, as a master builder, and there is no other foundation other than Jesus Christ. No religion no ritual, no certain lifestyle, no moral virtue, no effort, no family connection, no pope, no bishop, no priest, or no pastor. Only Jesus plus nothing will get you to heaven. Once the foundation is laid, the Apostle Paul said, we need to build on it. Now, I want you to hear me right, please. When you build on that only foundation, that building that you're building throughout your life will determine your reward. Not your salvation, because salvation is given to you as a gift of grace. And we have been seeing throughout the series of messages, healthy living in a sick world, how the Apostle Paul is trying to correct so many of the errors in the church of Corinth. So what does he do? He starts with, first and foremost, the divisions, the squabbling, the argument, the silly argument at times, which they have brought upon themselves by lining up with different leaders of the church. Paul, Apollos, and by the way, Paul and Apollos did not create this. The people did. People always tried to line up with certain guru or a certain cult leader or certain somebody. But these divisions, <laughs> lining behind a cult leader worship, creates a much deeper problem. Most important of these divisions, what it does, it diverts the attention from the real foundation, which is Jesus Christ. Watch any cult or anybody who's running around saying, you know, Pastor so-and-so said, Pastor so-and-so said, Pastor so-and-so said. When they don't say the Word of God said, but the pastor said, whenever they get into this kind of mode of thinking, what is lost? The foundation, namely Jesus the Christ. Remember, 
Paul still calls them brethren. Don't forget that. These people are saved. They're saved. But they were taking their eyes off of a foundation, namely Jesus, and building a shoddy building. Here Paul is saying, once you have the right foundation, you must build wisely on it. Every one of us must build wisely on it. Look at how many times the Apostle Paul kept saying, every man, every man. That means everyone, everyone, everyone. Now, let me ask you, how many of you consider yourself to be a builder? Just raise your hand. Well, God bless you. Only the builders of buildings raise their hand. (laughs) By the end of this message, I'm going to ask the same question again, and I am hoping that every single hand will be raised. Because like it or not, every one of us are building. We are building our lives. Every believer in Jesus Christ is a builder, a builder of his or her life every single day, every moment of every day. Whether we like it or not, we are builders. (laughs) And if you ask any builder of earthly buildings, he'll tell you or she'll tell you the foundation comes first. The foundation is the most important part of the building. Think about this. When you came here this morning and you sat in this beautiful building, I am sure probably none of you gave a thought that when the service is over, you're going to go back to your car after you parked it in the parking deck, that the parking deck would collapse and you lose your car. Now, I know the devil is going to use that to direct your attention, but but don't do that. You came here, you didn't give that a second thought. Why? Because you knew back then, back yonder, there were some wise builders who came here, and when they designed this parking deck, they designed it to last. Back then, this parking deck was built. I watched personally how these incredible pillars are 20 feet, 30 feet in diameter— of cement that is poured into big holes. And I notice that sometimes these holes goes to nine feet deep, and sometimes it's 18 deep. And I asked the man who was supervising the building at the time, I say, why some of these holes in which you're going to pour the cement for these pillars are deeper than the others? He said, brother, he said, we keep digging until we hit rock. <laughs> then we pour the concrete. Beloved, listen to me. I know it is fashionable now. In many a church and preachers say people can reach God different ways. People say that different religions will reach into the same place, or that Jesus is a founder of a religion just like the other guys are all founders of other religions. That's not only bogus, it is contrary to the Word of God from cover to cover. The Christian faith was not founded on social work. The Christian faith was not founded in Christian ethics. The Christian faith was not founded on some set of rules. The Christian faith was not founded on certain dogma. The Christian faith was not founded on church tradition. The Christian faith was not founded on church hierarchy. The Christian faith was not founded on Mother Church and Father God, as some will claim. No one a million knows. The foundation of our faith is Jesus and Jesus alone. Verse 11 again, no one, no one means no one, (laughs) 
can lay any foundation other than already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, I want to show you historically how we came to this time where the foundation not only was shaken, but shifted. I want you to know that this did not happen overnight. In fact, the beginning was back in 1923-1924. That's how long it's been taking for the foundation to be shaken and to be changed. Back in 1923, the Presbyterian General Assembly issued five pillars of the faith. The following year, 1924, the liberals, or I like to call them the apostates, came over and hijacked the assembly and changed all those five pillars. Let me explain them, tell you what they were in 1923. The inerrancy of the Scripture, for make no mistake about it, if you doubt the Scripture, you're going to doubt everything eventually. The inerrancy of the Scripture, that was number one. The virgin birth, secondly. Thirdly, Christ's sacrificial death on the cross as satisfaction to the justice of the Father and the only means by which man can be reconciled to God the Father. Fourthly, the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And the fifth, the supernatural power of the divine Jesus Christ. Yet exactly a year, one year later, these liberals hijacked that denomination. In 1924, they changed everything of those five pillars. Number one, they said, on the inerrancy of the Scripture, here's what they said. No one can really be sure of that. On the virgin birth, they said, it's only a theory among other theories. On the cross of Christ, as the only satisfaction to the justice of God the Father, they said, atonement is only a theory. On the bodily resurrection of Jesus, they said, the resurrection need not be bodily. And fifthly, about the supernatural divinity of the Lord Jesus Christ, they said, in His earthly ministry, Jesus did great and mighty works and great and mighty things, denying His divinity and the supernatural. Now, beloved, these false foundations did not just happen yesterday. We're feeling them now. We're feeling them now. But nearly a hundred years ago, the foundation began to shift and being built on a deck of cards. And the moral decays that we are experiencing today began back then. When the foundation is destroyed, says, ask the psalmist, what can the righteous do? The righteous can stand up and be counted and build on the right foundation. When the foundation shifts, the moral structure began to crack, and it began in the church. And so, later on, we see it in the courthouses, we see it in the legislative assemblies, and we see it in the education system, and we see it in the tearing of the social fabric. But it all began to crumble when the church shifted the foundation from Jesus to something else. Like the Tower of Pisa in Italy, I'm told that this 179-foot structure leans about one-twentieth of an inch every year. That's what we call the Leaning Tower of Pisa. In fact, the word Pisa in Italian means mushy land. That's enough to tell you that the reason why 
the tower of Pisa began to lean, even before it was completed, because mushy foundation will always collapse the building. It might take years, but it will do it again and again. Any foundation other than that of Christ will collapse sooner or later. Sooner or later, they will collapse Christian institutions, they will collapse Christian churches, they will collapse ministries, if it is not first and foremost built on the solid foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, after you get the foundation right, the building, the Apostle Paul said, that you are building, that's what you're doing every day of your life, every one of day of my life. Now, that building that you are building is of vital importance. Thank God for all of us who believe the only foundation is Jesus, but you can't stop there. The right foundation will get you to heaven, (laughs) and it is a gift that God can offer you. You can reject it or you can receive it, but the right building will get you rewarded, and I am personally convinced can get you rewarded both on earth and in heaven. Look at verse 13. It tells us why what you build on that foundation, which is Christ, is of uttermost importance for each individual. And you cannot say, well, I wish so-and-so was here to hear this message. No, it's for you and you and you and me. It's for me. As I said, every one of us is a what? In the last message, I pointed out from chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, there are some people in the church who are wasting their Christian lives on trivia when they can be doing great things for God. Believers who build their lives on the solid foundation, which is Christ, must examine themselves on a regular basis. I do it not only daily basis, sometimes several times a day. Ask yourself the question, what kind of building am I building in my life? What kind of material am I using in building of my life? What kind of care am I taking in the building of my life? What kind of architectural specification am I using? What kind of blueprints am I following? (laughs) What kind of edifice am I building? Every one of us is building. Every one of us, young or old, whether you're six years of age or 60 years old, we all are building. And Paul says there are only two types of material that you can use, two types. There are varieties in each type, but there are only two types of building material, no third. The first group is made of gold, silver, and precious stone. The second type of building material is made of wood, hay, and straw. From the very time when Jesus said, I build my church, from that very time until now, there have been golden believers and there have been wooden believers. There have been silversmith believers and there have been hay packers believers. There have been precious stone believers, and there have been straw-gathering believers. Hear me right, please. <laughs> Is Paul talking about rich Christian versus poor Christian? No way. Is he talking about talented Christian versus not-so-talented Christians? No way. Is he talking about famous preachers versus those who are quietly and unassumingly working in the kingdom of God? No way. 
I can tell you this. I really tell you, this is not a nice, just a nice thing a preacher says. But I am convinced there are people going to be so close to Jesus that you have never heard of. And all of these so famous preachers are going to be so way in the back, they can't even see them. I am absolutely convinced of that. Because we judge by appearance. God doesn't. See, these types of materials represents our response to what God has given us. This type of materials represents our faithfulness to Christ or lack thereof. This type of materials represents our work for the kingdom of God or not. Beloved, we are not saved through works. We're saved through grace alone. That's the only message you're going to hear from this pulpit. But once we're saved, we are, each of us, become builders of a spiritual edifice. Now, I know (laughs) there are builders who insist on giving God nothing but their best. I'm blessed to know some. The best of their resources, the best of their time, the best of their gifts and talent. Beloved, that's gold, that's silver, that's precious stone. There are other builders who are shoddy workers. (laughs) They give God the leftovers, the leftover of their money, the leftover of their time, the leftover of their talent. And they say, oh, God understands I have responsibility. God understands, and God doesn't really care. He knows I'm busy. God doesn't expect me to do any more or any better. I have people actually who said that to me. (laughs) There are some builders who are like David would say, Forbid it, Lord, that I give you that which costs me nothing. That's gold. That's silver. That's precious stone. And there are builders who say, Jesus paid it all, and nothing to him I give. That's a new song. (laughs) That's wood. That's hay. That's straw. There are some builders who spend their prime time in serving and giving and praying and watching. That's gold, that's silver, that's precious stone. Others give the appearance of being busy, doing busy work, serving on boards and committees, and while in reality they're self-serving. And they wonder why their life is turned upside down. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that they're not necessarily doing sinful things. I'm not saying that. Don't misunderstand me. They're not necessarily doing bad things. On the contrary, there's so many good activities and good things to do, but when their work is tested by fire, it will burn to a crisp. That's what Paul is saying here. That's not me. Don't shoot the messenger. Because they're building with the wrong motives. And that's wood and hay and straw. (laughs) Listen to me. If a preacher, any preacher, including this preacher, preaches for the approval of men or society or culture, that's wood and hay and straw. If any singer who sings to get the praise of people, that's wood and hay and straw. Any Bible teacher who teaches not for the glory of God, it's wood, it's hay and straw. But if their motive is only the glory of Jesus, then that's gold, that's silver, that's precious stone. Every believer is a builder. Can I get an amen? Amen. The question is, what building material are you using? What kind of building are you erecting? What edifice are you constructing? Dad's 
I want to get serious with you. Just let me get real with you for a minute. Will your children say, Dad's highest priority is God and His glory? Please, answer that to yourself. Moms, I want to get real with you too. Are you building with gold and silver and precious stones so that your kids can say, Mom loves Jesus so much that everything she does is with Him in mind? Young people, listen to me. With what building material are you using in your life? Are you trying to keep up with the ungodly and the worldly friends? Are you trying to keep up with the latest model and gadgets and fashions? Or are you willing to stand up and stand out and pay the price? Each one of us, young or old, are building. We're building. Every single day, we're building. The question is, Will your material stand the fire test? The fire test. Every building, whether it is commercial building or residential building, it has to be built to specification. It has to be built to code. Am I right, builders? The building inspector will not issue a certificate of occupancy, I know, in this building. And, and the other buildings I'll be involved in, you don't get a, a certificate of occupancy if it's not built to code. And, beloved, Jesus is asking everyone who's redeemed by His precious blood to build according to code. <laughs> he has standards for His redeemed ones. And He will test every one of our spiritual buildings, every one of us. When Jesus returns, He will test the quality of our buildings. And Paul uses the fire as a symbol of that test. Will the building of your life stand the test of fire? Look at verses 14 and 15. Believers who are saved by grace will escape the eternal condemnation. The Bible is very clear. Therefore, there is no condemnation upon those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, there can be not literally, but through ifs. Every believer, however, will stand before the heavenly tribunal, every one of us, and will be judged on the basis of how he or she lived his or her life. Some will make it to heaven by the skin of their teeth, otherwise known as the grace of God. <laughs> In fact, some will enter heaven smelling as if they have been brought out of a fire sale. You know what I mean? You can smell the smoke, snatched from the fire. But if the quality of your work is gold and silver and precious stone, the fire will only make you shine brighter, will make you shine purer, it will make you shine like the stars. Now, you must understand… There are many worthwhile causes. There are so many good things. Education and health and all kinds of good things. And Don't misunderstand me. They're good things. There are so many beautiful things that need to be done. There are so many helpful works. But the question that you must ask yourself every time, do they bring glory to Jesus alone? In the 80s, I was traveling particularly to Switzerland every year and could just conduct a seminar there, and, and I'll be driving throughout Europe. And, and one of the things there, hey, is very different from ours. And I remember clearly 
when they get the hay, particularly toward the end of spring and beginning of summer, and, and they stack it high. And then I see when the sun shines on that hay, it looks like gold. It shines. But if it got hit by a match, it would go up in smoke. And nothing would be left but the ashes. Oh, sometimes hey, people say, oh, as long as I'm sincere, or as long as I'm doing my bit, whatever that is, <laughs> as long as I'm well-meaning. No, 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 no. Are you doing it for the glory of Jesus, or are you doing it for something else? I want to tell you this as I conclude. Early in the 20th century, there was an ad in the British newspapers and read as follows. So I'm going to read it. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness and constant danger. Safe return is doubtful. Honor and recognition only in case of success. And the ad was signed by the famous Arctic explorer, Sir Ernest Shackleton. Thousands of people were inquiring. I wanted to sign up. I just couldn't help myself. (laughs) And I wondered what would happen if Jesus put an ad in the newspaper today. Men and women, boys and girls, are wanted for difficult tasks to help building of my kingdom. You will often be misunderstood even by those who are dear and near to you. You will face constant attack from an invisible enemy. You might not see results from your labor. Your full reward will not come until your work is completed. Signed, Jesus. I wonder how many would apply. Would you apply and say, Lord, I only want to build with gold and silver and precious stones. Forgive me for using wood, hay, and straw. Lord, help me. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.